So my favorite saying as a leader is your values create your value. So I truly believe that leaders who have a core set of values that they are building a company behind um, that are authentic and um, manifest throughout recruiting, supply chain, business development and partnerships, every part of the business, if you're living and breathing those values, um, my experience is that they tend to manifest in the actual financial value of the business. You are listening to The Real Leaders Podcast, where today impacts tomorrow. Your values create value and leaders keep it real. That excerpt was from Kristen Gross Richmond, the CEO of Revolution Foods, which provides healthy school meals to children with no artificial anything. In this episode, she explains why mission-driven companies are winning the talent war, how Rev Foods is addressing a $20 billion market, and even some of the recipes she incorporated off the advice from Asian and Haitian parents. You are listening to The Real Leaders Podcast, your number one source for impact leaders harnessing capitalism to sustain the planet, people, and profits. Enjoy. Four, three, two. And welcome everyone to The Real Leaders Podcast with keys from keynote speakers here at the Agents of Changes Summit. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards. Joining me today is Kristen Gross-Richmond, the co-founder and CEO of Revolution Foods. Kristen, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It's so, an honor. Rev Foods, you're an Impact Awards winner this year. We're excited to have you on the list. Um, but tell our audience, how does this story go? So we, Revolution Foods has been around since 2006. Uh, we started with exactly the same vision and mission we have today, which is to dramatically transform the quality of food that we were feeding our kids uh, across schools in the US. We've expanded that focus to now serve whole cities, um, but we have the same vision, which is creating access to healthy, delicious, we call um, kid-inspired chef-crafted meals and driving academic and health outcomes through um, access to those meals and building a really powerful and exciting company to work for while we're doing that. <laughs> well, I mean, as the CEO, when you say we started with this mission, this vision, yep. and it hasn't changed, what do you mean by that? And what are some tough decisions that where you had to sit back and say, no, we still have to go with our, our vision? Yeah, I mean, I think that our North Star of working on the topic of food access, making sure that we could both serve uh, students and families mm -hmm. and schools that had been traditionally underserved, but also build a strong financial model uh, while doing that. So that, that, um, that intersection of affordable meals at high volume, because we're serving a lot of kids, um, building a great business while we drive outcomes um, in a very unique way has been the same since day one. I think for our audience, this is just for me personally, I'm excited to have you on the show because when I was studying social entrepreneurship, <laughs> The video that came up, you were in it. And this is from 2010 before wow. social entrepreneurship <laughs> was really, really a big thing. And the question the moderator asked you is, um, is how come companies like yours don't get picked off? So the, the question is, if you're providing quality meals at high volume, how are you able to sustain that success? 
Well, I mean, I think it all comes to building an authentic brand um, that your consumers and stakeholders value. So for us, we um, I can give you multiple examples of entering cities across the U.S. where we were brought to that business um, through the community. So we were brought there by superintendents, mayors, parents, teachers who wanted better for their students and who said, you know what, the current options that are here and, and what I've been exposed to doesn't respect my community. It's not nourishing my community, and I'm looking for a, a brand that I trust. Healthy food to me, uh, if you're if you're someone that wants it in your organization, in your school, it's definitely an investment that you're saying this healthy food is going to provide healthier brains for better learning. Yep. How do you track something like that to prove mm -hmm. that this investment is going to pay off? <laughs> well, so I think like any entrepreneur, you um, you can't, it takes a little bit of time. So sure. you sort of start with the obvious, right? Most families, most parents, most teachers, most principals, most mayors know that providing healthy food, for instance, making sure every child has a solid breakfast in the morning um, is going to allow them to be more alert and focused in class. Mm. So you start with kind of the, the intuitive um, when you're selling into a system. Um, but then over time, as you build a track record, you can do what we did, which is um, be lucky enough to partner with um, world-class research institutions like UC Berkeley, like Nutrition Policy Institute, like the Kellogg Foundation, who then do multi-year studies on the actual quantitative um, efficacy around your program. And so it took us eight years um, to gather that data and to uh, make sure that now when we're talking to a city leader, for instance, we've got that data in hand. But I wouldn't say we were at a, we weren't at a, at a stop before that um, because most people knew that working with a company like Revolution Foods was the right thing to do for kids. Um, but it's nice to have um, as my board said, we now know what we knew, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yep. So now you have, I think you said 1,500 employees. Right. What's so unique about your employees and how, um, I guess, why are they attracted to your mission? So I believe through and through that leaders, and this will come into my real leaders uh, answer, that leaders who build brands with purpose and authenticity are going to win the talent war. <laughs> so I think about the people who we've been able to recruit, um, who have, uh, as I always say, we've sort of punched above our weight. We've been able to recruit talent um, that could have gone anywhere. Um, but you know, certain folks who want to dedicate that next chapter of their career to something they truly believe in, where they think they can add a ton of value, bring their experience, and help further the mission of systems change in the area we're working in. And I've seen that time and time again, and it's been across finance to operations to marketing to legal, you name it. Um, every one of those categories of business leadership and recruiting benefit from a clear and authentic purpose. And then when I think about um, sort of the heart of our company. I think about the chefs and the drivers mm. and the dishwashers and the production workers and the school account managers and you know folks who are coming in, uh, many at entry-level positions and sort of working their way up in the company. Um, they stay around and they help build the culture and they bring their friends and they tell their community. And it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty exciting, um, it's almost contagious, if you will. Um, it helps us across the board. And we're just gonna pause here really quick, folks, because do I have a story for you? It involves eating cookies and giving back. And if you like the sound of that, 
you, my friends, have to learn about my new sponsor, Nunbelievable. They're a direct-to-consumer baked goods company on a mission to donate 1 million meals to the food insecure by 2022. Here's how it works. When you or your corporation or a friend orders a box, it's gonna show up at your house, at your door, nicely packed, and then they are going to donate two meals to soup kitchens across America. Okay, folks, another thing you need to know is that you, lucky listener, today are receiving 25% off. You gotta try these cookies, they're amazing. This one right here is the the double chocolate chip. I've already gone through the peanut butter today. Delicious. Again, folks, real-leaders.com slash podcast. Enter in code REALLEADERS, that's all caps and one word, REALLEADERS, and you, my friends, are going to have a box like this. Show up at your door. It's going to be 25% off, and you're also going to be donating two meals to someone in need. So be a smart cookie and build sweet relationships with the unbelievable cookie. Enjoy. Well, are these employees and these chefs, are they, are they from the local communities? Where, yes. So how, maybe explain to our audience, where's yeah. the food made? How long does it yeah. take? And, and what do you determine or deem as fresh? So we have um, eight different um, commissaries or what we call culinary centers across the country. And across those eight culinary centers, um, we are sourcing, producing, assembling, and distributing fresh meals every single day um, to the communities that we serve. And so that whole chain of production creates a lot of job opportunities, um, as you can imagine. So we're fortunate to be, I'm fortunate to be building a company that has the ability to employ a lot of people and create a lot of jobs. And many of those jobs don't require a high level of technical skill coming in, but really just require um, dedication, you know, great um, commitment to training and to learning. And one of our core values is learn, teach, grow. Um, so we're able to um, bring people in, promote them, build their career um, across the board. And you labeled this supply chain as something that was a clean Clean label. label. Okay, I've never heard that before. Maybe explain to our audience the difference between a clean label supply chain versus like a maybe a Cisco or something like that. Yeah, and, and, and Cisco and most companies now are at a place where they typically have different types of product okay. lines and supply chains so um, but so there's we, big difference. Okay. It, it, it depends on the, the company you're talking about but um, you know Cisco's a, a distributor so we will work with them for instance to access you know products Some, where, where it makes sense sure. okay. um, but in terms of our commitment we are committed to no artificial anything so the most common okay. things you would see in um, kids food overall or any kind of Processed food often would be, you know, things like high fructose corn syrup, things like food colors, food dyes, additives. Those are things that we do not have in our food. We're committed to making sure that our food is um, all natural, um, has no artificial additives in it. So these, uh, who's making the decisions, I guess, at these schools to say, hey, you know, I didn't really realize what the, what we were really feeding our kids. I know when I was growing up, it was just like the taco meat and the stuff. Yeah. It was god awful. <laughs> well, but yeah. I mean, you've got incredible leaders at schools today who are committed to yeah. high quality food. Um, so if you're in a large school district, like one of our partners, San Francisco Unified, um, has an incredible team of people in-house who work full-time 
time to think about you know which menus they want to serve, how, the experience they want their students to have in the cafeteria. So it's not just about the menus served, but it's also about how students feel when they go into the cafeteria and um, how appetizing is it, how appealing is it. So um, you've got districts that are making big decisions, and you know a district like San Francisco is focused on um, good food purchasing programs, so they want to work with a partner like Revolution Foods that values a sustainable supply chain and is focused on where we source. Um, and then you've got smaller smaller schools, um, and you know, for instance, many charter schools we work with, or maybe a preschool program where you know they're entirely focused on education they don't have a food service staff um, and so they're relying on us for all of sort of for the whole programmatic overlay if that makes sense and that's where oftentimes we'll bring in in both school districts and um, individual schools we'll bring in uh, nonprofit partners who might um, work with us on nutrition education or gardening or um, you know working with parents on menu design so this is where I say it oh, takes a village yeah <laughs> It takes a village, and we're not afraid. In fact, we love pulling in um, sort of cross-sector partners to come in and work with us on um, providing a great experience for the school and students. Well, I thought the interesting part was, like, yeah, you guys are making meals that reflects the culture in those yes. areas. Like, yes. I've never heard of that. Maybe explain an example yeah. of, of this, this happening. Yeah, so um, I'll give two examples. One... Um, uh, is the community um, in Boston that we designed with a community called Mattapan, um, primarily Haitian community, and just proud, proud um, food culture and you know parents and families who wanted to make sure that the food that their kids were eating in school was taking into account is this culturally relevant, um, and so we designed. Um, meals in the Mattapan community. I also think about um, folks who we worked with in closer to home in, in Chinatown in San Francisco, um, who admittedly said, you know, your meal selections are great, but they don't mm. reflect our community. And our chefs um, came in and worked <laughs> totally. at a school called Gordon Lau and designed a whole line of um, sunshine breakfast bowls. Um, breakfast bowls became a, an item that was offered more broadly throughout our whole platform. Uh, we worked in Denver to work on a special Chile Verde sauce that reflected, um, you know, a specialty of Denver. Um, in New Orleans, not surprisingly, we worked locally to design a jambalaya, jambalaya. and a oh, red yeah. beans and rice that the community um, came from local sources in the community that kids love. So really that, uh, that design is, um, is critical to who we are and making sure that um, students are having a great experience with the meal and that our, our product is respectful. Well, I'm sensing a theme here that uh, you're working in marginalized communities. Has this been a business strategy for you? And, and what, where does the profitability come in this? Yeah, so we have always been focused on creating um, food access across um, right. public schools in the U.S. That's the mission, right? That's our mission. Okay. And um, that, you know, with a tighter cost parameter um, in terms of reimbursement rates, there's also a very large volume to work with. So when you do the math, um, you know, when you're able to do that job very well, um, your price parameters may be tighter but the volume you're able to produce and serve is big. It's a $20 billion market that we're addressing. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, we've designed our model financially to serve the communities we're serving and provide a sustainable business model that, that works. And so you create that design around the mission. 
uh, a common trait of a lot of the impact leaders I've been able to interview is they're thinking long term. I think you even said on the, the keynote, it's, we're just getting started. Yeah. Uh, and I noticed there was something in there about direct to family food suppliers uh, for a, maybe a vision going forward. Could you expand on that a little bit? Sure. So we're always um, looking at what we call um, adjacencies that make sense. Um, now that we've got the production capacity, the supply chain, the culinary centers, the distribution networks, um, you know, the chef talent. Right. Um, the question is, how much can we leverage that to have more impact and create a more robust business all the way around? So a couple of the things that we're looking at, um, one is we've looked at um, sort of direct to family and can we work within our schools and our communities to get this quality product out to parents um, on a daily on a daily basis and we're doing some um, sort of experimentation pilots on that um, we're also looking at taking our fresh products into more of the grab-and-go sector because if mm. you think about convenience for instance um, we're staying in a hotel that has a little kiosk that's packed with candy Absolutely. bars and mm -hmm. chips um, you think about what it would mean to have fresh salads fresh sandwiches um, you know just really kind of basic yeah. but delicious fresh food um, we're thinking about how we might be able to expand our reach to access the convenience sector um, so we're, we've got all kinds of things going on in terms of thinking about how we can expand our business and impact. Now, here's an interesting question. So you're expanding your reach, which means probably going to be a lot more shipping and distribution. Um, as a mission-driven company, if your mission is to provide healthier meals, what about the uh, global greenhouse gas emissions impact? Do you think about that in your decision making? We do. Um, you know, part of the... the um, Part of the way we're thinking about um, this expansion is actually leveraging our distribution more, meaning if we're already going okay. across the city, if we're already running a truck, how do we fill that up? How do we make sure that it's backhauling properly so we're okay. delivering on the way out and the way back? Um, so it's not necessarily adding more trucks to the road, but it's using what we have in a much, much smarter way. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, Kristen, I appreciate your time coming here on the show. I've learned a lot. I'm excited yeah. to have you. Uh, we talked a lot of today about not only decisions that, well, or really what decisions are you making today that's going to impact tomorrow. So last question I have for you, Kristen, is what is your definition of a real leader? So my favorite saying as a leader is your values create your value. So I truly believe that leaders who have a core set of values that they are building a company behind um, that are authentic and um, manifest throughout recruiting, supply chain, business development and partnerships, every part of the business, if you're living and breathing those values, um, my experience Experience is that they tend to manifest in the actual financial value of the business um, and the, the longevity of the business you're building, a place where people want to work. Um, so my favorite types of businesses and my favorite types of leaders um, are very clear about that, that brand authenticity and value statement. Um, and that lives and breathes throughout the organization. Well said, Chris. And your values crave your values. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, for Christmas Grossman, Richmond, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there and keep it real. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. All right, folks, and thanks for watching this episode of the Realtors Podcast. If you want to learn more for leaders like this interview and you just can't get enough, go online to real-leaders.com slash subscribe and get your first magazine for free using coupon code PODCAST25. That's PODCAST25, getting your first magazine for free a one-year subscription. See you there.